Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So it has been a while since Canada has had a, a national hero. I, like, I got to think back to Nickelback, I want to say. Right? So um, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know. I guess he's running against um, Prime Minister Blackface Trudeau. Um, his name is Pierre Poliev. He says it. You'll hear him say it. So then I'll know how it, how it's pronounced. So if you haven't seen the video, I'm just going to play you this. It's like two minutes, but I'm going to play you this. This is a nice palate cleanse. Okay. And you have to visualize in your mind's eye, this video, and it's somebody's got a camera uh, mounted off of the reporter's left shoulder. So you can see the reporter's side of the face his left shoulder, side of his face, and uh, he's wearing sunglasses and a ball cap. And the guy he's interviewing is out in the middle of like a field. It looks like a farm field. Like I can't tell the crop. It might be corn or something behind him, but he's out on a farm somewhere. He's out in the out in nature. He's wearing a, a like a na- or a, yeah blue shirt, like a grayish blue button down shirt. He's got a blazer on. He's got a pair of sunglasses in his hand, and in that same hand, he's holding an apple. And he's just eating the apple, like the sunglasses and apple, in the same hand. I've never seen somebody be able to pull this off. I mean, just the dexterity required for that operation alone is impressive. And so you're going to hear him. He's getting interviewed by this reporter, and he just keeps chomping away at the apple. And he's got this look of annoyance and amusement going. And th- what he does to this reporter. Um, on, the, on the topic, I mean, in terms of your sort of strategy currently, you're obviously taking the populist uh, pathway. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> well, ap- appealing, appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels, I would guess. Um, I mean, what certainly, mean certainly, you, certainly, you tap, certainly, you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently. Like what? Uh, left wing, you know, this and that. Right wing, they, you know. I mean, it's that that type I of ideological thing. I never really talk about left but or right. Anyways, a lot I don't of people really believe in that. Okay, a lot of people would would say that you're simply taking a page out of the Donald Trump uh, book. Like which people would say that? <laughs> well, I'm sure a great many Canadians, but like who? <laughs> I don't know who, but... Well, you're um, the one who asked the question, so yeah. I, you must know somebody. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sure there's some out there, but anyways, the, the, point of this, the point of this question is, I mean, why should, why should Canadians trust you with their vote, given, you know, not, not just the sort of ideological inclination in terms of taking the page of Donald Trump's book, but What are you also, talking about? What page? What page? Can you give okay. me a page? Give me the page. You keep <laughs> in, saying in terms, that. In terms of ter- turning things quite dramatically in terms of, of Trudeau and, and the left wing and all of this, I mean, you, you, you make quite a, you know, it's, it's quite a play that you make on it. 
So I'm, I'm not just sure. I don't, under, I don't know what your question okay. is. If you did that, why should Canadians <laughs> trust you with their vote? Ah, the question. Okay. Common sense for, for a change. We're going to make common sense common in this country. We don't have any common sense in the current government. You know, the guy prints $600 billion, grows our money supply by 32% in three years. That's growing the money eight times faster than the economy. No wonder we have the worst inflation in four decades. I'm going to cap spending, cut waste, so that we can balance the budget and bring down inflation and interest rates. You'll want to be able to pay your mortgage again. You want to be able to afford rent. Then you have to vote for Pierre Polyev because I'm the only one with a common sense plan that will bring back the buying power of your paycheck. Polyev is his name. Pierre Polyev. That is, he just, and the, if you get a chance to see it, his facial expression, as you could tell that he is messing with this reporter because he's just not going to put up with it. And this is the way, folks. This is the way you do it. So many reporters and hosts, and I'm guilty of it too sometimes, they start the questions with this big windup. It's even more atrocious when it's just a reporter and you're at a press conference. Like, you do not need to give this big windup, all of these, like, foundational arguments, assertions and stuff, in order to get to your question. You, you already have those things in your mind, right? Like, you're the reporter. You have already, like, he was doing this thing with the, you know, you're taking a page out of Trump's playbook. Like, that guy's going to write that anyway. He's going to put it in his story. Why do you need the windup with that? Just ask him, because what was the, at the end, what was the question? After, after this guy, Pierre Poliev, after he just eviscerates every attempt that this reporter has to ask him a question, what does the reporter end up mumbling as the question? Why should people vote for you? That's it. I mean, just the most pedestrian question you could ask any politician running for any office. Why should people vote for you? And by the way, every politician should have an elevator pitch ready to go for that question. Because a lot of times, that's all you're going to get. And it probably should just be about 45 seconds, max. Especially if you're talking to a reporter that's going to chop up your audio and use it in a story later. You might want to keep your soundbite to be about 20, 30 seconds, which this guy did also, by the way. He said common sense, and then they went boom, boom, boom. You know, inflation, house prices, pay your mortgage, boom, boom, boom. That's it. That's, the, that, that, that's all the time you're going to get. Because that guy's story, and you could tell by the questions he was asking, it's already written. But you could tell that the candidate here, Pierre Poliev, he's, he's enjoying asking these questions which cut out the legs from underneath the reporter. He's trying to like he's trying to give this big wind up and no oh, because this and we all know this and some say that and he's like well who tell me like get them to define this stuff don't just accept the premises of the questions DeSantis is good at this too he'll reject the premise of the question if and and reporters if you don't want to be shamed like this you don't want to be mocked and ridiculed and go viral in this kind of an exchange just ask questions free advice best advice i ever got former morning guy on wbt al gardner 
who said the best follow-up question is, how so? And it's true. What's that? How so? Oh, well, let me tell you. See, because it gets people to explain their assertion. A lot of people like to make an assertion when answering a question, especially politicians. So when they say something, just ask how so. And now they have to explain how they're going to do something, why it's important to do it, why they're prioritizing it, whatever. But how so? Mark says, yeah, the reporter could never answer his questions. That's exactly right. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, you, you just stop there. I'll be asking the questions here, pal. <laughs> but he also did it because, you know, they're Canadian. So it was all very polite. <laughs> so was, but he is. This guy, Poliev, he's just, he's just sitting there kind of smiling. Some might say a little bit of a smirk. But he's just smiling. You can see in his eyes. And at one point, he looks, he looks away from the guy and looks at somebody else. And he does this little almost like a wink, you know. And he's just playing with the dude. It's hilarious. You got to find the video. I'll put it up on my Patreon page so you can see it as show prep. Uh, but, yeah, if you can, it's uh, townhall.com had the video. So uh, it is out there, and it only runs about two minutes. A couple of messages here. Russ says, Pete, I love that Pierre Polivier, whatever his name is, uh, that, that Canadian politician clip. I love it. Amazing how you can destroy a reporter just by asking who says. And what do you mean by that? Poor journalismer had probably never been questioned on his preconceived notions in his life. Yeah, there is... Yeah, I mean... There, and I can tell you this, because when you are in the position, when you're in media, there is a... And, and it's it, most, most of the time, it's, it's completely unearned. But there is this sense of power that you have and you do to some degree but you as the the individual at an individual level like you are no better than anybody else you're just there asking some questions and you then have a platform to then convey this information over right and people start confusing themselves for the platform and they go on a power trip and a lot of people in media are on a power trip because they get to tell the story. And so because people recognize when they get interviewed by people in the media, they recognize that they're in that position. They try to act in deference and try to go along and be nice to them. Oh, I know you're just doing your job and all this, you know. And maybe this guy pulled it off because he's Canadian and they're just like genetically polite. I don't know. But the way he did it was just masterful. You don't have to get angry. You just ask, well, who says that? Hey, what? What page was that? Yeah, just it, like, because, and this guy was, this journalism, or he was uniquely bad. Let's, I mean, every single thing that he started with was some sort of just like throwaway line that I'm sure everybody says in the newsroom. But once again, unchallenged ideas are easy to hold, right? Everybody in the newsroom, they all start off their arguments in the same way. They all agree with all this stuff. You know, many people say, oh, my gosh, he's just like Trump. And so when he asks, who says that? The reporter doesn't know. Which now should make you wonder, like, what kind of editorial control exists in his newsroom? <laughs> because, yeah, if he's just making up stuff when he's asking the questions, how do you know he's not making up stuff when he's doing the reporting? That would be my question. Um, 
I thought I had, hang on a second. Let me check another. Okay, no, we're clear. I uh, just want to make sure I didn't have any more messages on that top. Wait, 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 wait. You can count on another. Oh, there we go. So it looks like Jim Jordan is not going to be uh, not going to win the speaker vote. First round of voting going on right now, and um, doesn't look like he's got the votes. Uh, where was it here? So far, nine. Yeah, nine no votes. Bacon. Chavez de Remer. Both voted for McCarthy, as did Jimenez. And, I mean, I assume it's Jimenez because it's a G. I'm not just, like, mispronouncing it. Like, it's Jimenez, but I'm, I'm no. Um, and then you had a bunch of people vote for Steve Scalise. Granger, Gonzalez, um, Ballard. And then you've got, what is, what is this? D'Esposito votes for Zeldin. Garbarino votes for Zeldin. Really? Really? Sonny McSunnyface on the Twitter machine says, you know, I'm starting to think that uh, eight Republicans joining with all those Democrats to unseat the Republican speaker. Also, Matt Gates could send a fundraising email. Probably was a mistake. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Do you know who Christopher Rufo is? Chris Rufo? Uh, you can read his work at ChristopherRufo.com, R-U-F-O. He's, um, he's done a lot of stuff on, like, CRT. He was a documentarian. He did stuff. Uh, he's from, like, Portland. Um, and if I remember correctly, his politics were kind of like moderate to to liberal. He was left of center, I want to say. Um, and I think the first documentary that he that he did that he got recognized for was something about homelessness, I want to say. But anyway, he got into a lot of the he's he was appointed by Ron DeSantis to start uh, to take over. What was it? New College in Florida. So he became an education activist. He's been pushing back against, you know, DEI wokeism uh crt stuff he's been a big uh activist on in, in that arena he's got another film that he just put out it's a short film um it's called the cluster b society cluster b society um i'd never heard this term before i have to admit did not know what this term meant but he explains it here at his uh, Substack page. 
There's a creeping sense that our society is turned upside down. He says healthy debate is replaced by activist hysterics. Speech is declared violence. Violence is excused as speech. Masculinity is condemned as toxic, while men in dresses are celebrated in the public square. It feels as if we are in the midst of a society-wide mental breakdown. A strange new pattern of psychological dysfunction has infiltrated all of our institutions, from humdrum bureaucracies to the highest offices. Wherever we turn, that creeping feeling sets in. Our society is sick. Our institutions are out of balance. Our public life has been consumed by a cluster of disorders that appeal to our worst instincts and derange our most vital social functions. What happened? Why have old standards suddenly vanished in favor of narcissism, hysteria, and moral theatrics, all in the name of care? If we have any hope for recovering our sanity, we must first understand what we are dealing with. We are witnessing the emergence of the Cluster B Society. For this generation, the cameras are always on, the audience is always watching, and the old narcissism has transformed into hysteria, moral theatrics, emotional volatility, self-indulgence, and outbursts of violence. And psychologists have captured the spirit of our modern culture in four specific psychopathologies that together make up the Cluster B personality disorder. So psychologists have identified these characteristics, these traits, as part of a personality disorder in the individual. The narcissist, the borderline, the histrionic, and the antisocial. Narcissistic personality disorder is characterized by a sense of entitlement, obsession with your own importance, deep feelings of resentment, often expressed through moral self-righteousness. Narcissism. Borderline personality. This disorder is marked by an unstable sense of identity, black and white thinking, feelings of emptiness, recurring self-harm and suicide attempts. Histrionic personality disorder exhibits excessive emotionality, sexual provocation, and attention-seeking, often to serve a pathological need for sympathy. I've been talking about this for years, the tendency for interpersonal victimhood, the TIV, personality traits, that's it. And then there's the antisocial personality. This disorder is typified by impulsivity, manipulation, disregard for others, and a penchant for violence and aggression that violates social norms. This cluster of psychopathologies is no longer an individual matter, he says. Not an individual matter to be dealt with in the privacy of your analyst's office. On the contrary, cluster B psychological traits have begun to shape the patterns and structures of our entire culture. The scenes of American public life increasingly resemble a cluster B psychodrama. And then he lists them. Victimhood, place, uh, victimhood replaces accomplishment as the standard of merit. Accusation replaces disagreement as the means of settling disputes. 
That's right out of the DEI playbook, right? Your intention is irrelevant. Only the impact matters. Right? The accusation replaces disagreement as the means of settling disputes. Next up, false compassion becomes the primary method of manipulating citizens into compliance. Right? They traffic in your goodwill. That's what they're doing, right? They know that you are generally, right, easygoing, mild-mannered. You're going to, you know, I'm not trying to offend people, right? Your sense of goodness and, and, you know, go along, get along, politeness, and they use it against you. Okay, fine, I'll call you this. Okay, fine, I'll call you that. Okay, fine, all right, uh, I'll agree to have my child's genitals chopped off. Like, like that's, that's how that goes, And finally, um, oh, two more, sorry. The whole scheme is enforced with the threat of violence, which is obey or suffer the consequences, right? Whether it's cancellation, firing, you know, or even imprisonment, I guess, in some countries. Like Canada's looking to throw people in jail for misgendering people. Um, Cluster B society. These traits can now be found in those elevated to positions of power and celebrated by our institutions. The new status quo is an emerging leadership class that rules through emotional blackmail and uses the cover of various victim groups to impose its agenda on society. And while the strategies are contemptible, they are extraordinarily effective. They have slowly transformed institutions into... Uh, what one psychologist named Andres Lobachewski calls a pathocracy. That's a great term. I had never seen this term before. Pathocracy. A rule by psychological dysfunction. Literally the inmates running the asylum, right? That's what it is. A pathocracy. In the new pathocratic regime, emotional manipulation Compassion-coded antagonism, compassion-coded, C-O-D-E-D. So like you, you wrap your language in this veneer of, you know, sympathy, compassion, empathy. But actually you're antagonizing. Right? Think of it. Trans women are women. Right? That phrase right there. Compassion-coded antagonism. Because on the surface, it's like, oh, we're just trying to support trans women. We're, we're affirming. It's, right? Trans women are women. We support you. We see you. We're here for you, right? That, that's, it's a compassion code. But what is it actually? It's antagonistic towards women and people who disagree. People who say, no, that, 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 that these are psychological disorders. These, this, this is not, you know, this is not, what was it, the, the gender-bred man. Or person. You can't call it a man. Sorry. That's totally my bad. Oh, I'm going to get fired. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, 
tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, let me go over to the phone lines here and get Herb on. Hello, Herb. Welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, I'm fine, Pete. I hope you're well. Yeah. Uh, I apologize. I only caught half of uh, the, the monologue with respect to, uh, <laughs> should I say, the psycho babble. I have one word to describe all that, insanity. Uh, but the main reason I called uh, was uh, to respond to the uh uh, the, the, the talk you were giving about, uh, reporters asking, uh, say almost like weather report type questions. And then when it's turned around on them, they don't have a response to substantiate their position. Mm-hmm. So yes, I agree. Uh, I, in fact, it, it's gotten so bad. I rarely listen to, uh, even watch the, the news. Now I'll get on my computer and I'll catch the headlines because it infuriates me. Uh, either they will allow somebody to make a statement without substantiating or giving an example of why they are taking this position. And, and I'm sitting here going, please ask the follow-up question. Ask them why. And uh, uh, that was that. Yes, yeah. I agree with what you were saying. Uh, number two, uh, our president <laughs> is running off to foreign borders, but he virtually refused to give more than a cursory type visit to our own border. And that infuriates me. Yeah. So I I, had to voice my, you know, frustration with that. I think, I mean, this is, this is going to be the challenge for Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself, uh, when it comes to this Israeli story is number one, it blows up all of their, um, their mythologies about border security. Right. It lays bare the lies they've been telling. Number two, Mm -hmm. it lays bare the lies of you don't need an AR-15. Nobody needs, you know, a semi-automatic rifle, like all these stupid things that people say about gun control. Right. So it it, Mm -hmm. it destroys that. Um, And -hmm. it also exposes this virulent strain of anti-Semitism inside the left. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. this is like this is very, very bad, very bad for for the Democrats and Biden going over to Israel um, in order to do what? To try to get him to, to do a ceasefire? But he's, like, is he going to try to get like a Nobel Peace Prize out of this or something? I, you know, I, I don't I don't understand why he why he's going over there, except except in order to try to boost his sagging numbers. I think that's what this trip is about. There you go. So why haven't some reporters asked the question? Why are you doing this right. when you won't even go to your own border? All right, well, answer your own question. <laughs> well, I'll go along with your uh, <laughs> uh, uh, conclusion there. It sounds pretty good. Yeah. No, it's, they, they know the answer. That's why they don't ask why. Uh, they, they know the answer, yeah. and they don't want to jam them up. Uh, either that, or they really are just dumb. And that's possible, too. That's possible, too. Some of them are Nepo babies. So, uh, Herb, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, take it easy. Uh, Yeah.
I mean, Nepo baby is the. Do you know the term? You see, see, Bernie, the resident millennial, he knows what the term means. I'm oh, hip. Nepotism. So yeah, 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 yeah. A nepo baby is like, uh, you know, like Will Smith. No. A Jaden Smith. No, 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 no. That's they were in the news for something else. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 not that. Um, who was the? Gosh. Denzel Washington's kids in a movie. Yeah. And I don't know his name, but I saw the ad for it. And it looks good. And I like the guy. But he's a Nepo baby. Like, you can't tell me, like, at least one door didn't get opened for him. Because of his dad. Because of his dad. Yeah. Come on. Right? Maybe he's good, Pete. Yeah, maybe uh, what's-her-face, George W. Bush's daughter. Maybe she's a good reporter, too. What that that's what yeah no or or uh, what was his name Russert that guy Tim Russert's kid Luke Russert really like I got to put up with this kid because his dad was this legendary host of a Sunday uh, news program that nobody watches anymore yeah so there's there there are a bunch of those in in media and media has become like in order to even get into those that upper echelon. Right, the national scene like that. Do you know how many years you got to put in if you're not a Nepo baby? You got to have a bunch of money, a bunch of money to go to college to get a journalism degree. It's going to cost you 200k or something, like a lawyer. Except you're going to go to work in newsrooms that pay you 30,000 a year. You have to have a trust fund, or you can't be a reporter. I mean, generally speaking. Thank you.